I would have went and bought a boat <laughs> like, if I had a yep. good month. And I think that that came, that those hard knocks came from me going, oh shit, I got to make payroll yeah. next month. <laughs> Get your motor running, head out on the highways. You listen to episode number 85 of the Promo Front Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the commander-in-chief of Cheddar Cheese himself, the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, certainly still February in Ohio, but we've had a little bit of a break. I think by the time this drops, it might be colder again, but we had at least one day of it not yep. being bitterly cold. And you know, that always makes me happy. And I've been kind of up in my workout game and that always, you know, kind of makes me feel a little better. So I'm doing well, buddy. How about you? Good. Things are good. Um, today is Thursday as we're recording this, a pretty rowdy storm about to blow through. So it's a little dark in my office this morning, but that's okay. And I know, you know, you're, you're kind of demanding your, I'm, I'm demanding some warm weather and, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm like, I'm tired of winter. I'm demanding some warmer weather, but you know what else Kirby? There are a few things that clients demand more right now in the sustainability. I think you would agree with that. Wouldn't you? Mm, yeah, absolutely. More, more and more often clients are wanting, dare I say, demanding eco-friendly and cost-effective merch that, that's here. That's, that's really, and here's the key that's in stock right? Yeah, things right. that are in stock too. Um, what you need to do is really look no further than our good pals over at Shipenco. That's right. The revamp pen is made from 100% recycled PET plastics. You think of it this way, when a plastic's recycled, it's pulled from the ocean or plucked from a landfill, that plastic can be transformed and have renewed life in a cost-effective writing instrument. And let me tell you, I, I have a box of fabulous Shipenco products and nice. that Revamp pen writes twice as much as the cost. So, I mean, it's a really great pen. The yeah. Encore pencil is made from uh, either recycled denim or recycled uh, currency. Um, the News Prencil is made from 100% uh, recycled post-consumer newspaper. And my favorite, and I'm holding it in my hand right now, the Arcus Rainbow Pencil, also made from 100% recycled post-consumer newspaper. What I love about this, and I'm going to pull, I think, can you see that? There's a rainbow tip there yep, as yep. you sharpen it. Super cool. A lot of different colors. Even the packaging is made from 50% post-consumer materials. Kirby, I know you get a lot of client requests for eco-friendly merchandise. Is there any better solution than Shepenko? Well, of course not. You know, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about, actually, it was funny. Um, we've been trying to focus on this. And I think that the idea that you want your marketing to have a big impact, but you want it to have a little impact, right? So a big impact on your marketing, but a little impact on the planet. And I think that by us sort of furthering this conversation and folks like Shapenko putting out great quality products out there, it, it, it allows us to have both that big impact and that little impact that we all want. You're right. 100% big impact, huge imprint area, and also little impact in terms of your client's budget. And that shouldn't be mm. overlooked as well. I couldn't have said it better myself. You know, Kirby Earth Day is coming up uh, on Friday, April the 22nd. <laughs> now, not, not tomorrow, not yeah. yesterday. Yesterday's too late. Right now, now is the time to talk to your clients about these beautiful, amazing in-stock and cost-effective writing instruments. 
from our good pals over at Shapenko. Head over to Shapenko.com to get your project started today. Well, heck, don't do that. Go bother Alex Moltz. Send him an email. <laughs> send him an email at alex at shapenko.com and he's going to send you some samples or he might even whip up a few amazing virtuals to dazzle your clients. You're certainly not going to be sorry you did. All right, Kirby, you have got the upfront section of the podcast. Thanks to our good pals over at Shapenko for sponsoring the silliness. Let's go. Let's talk some promo upfront. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we were blessed to get an email reminding us from Dale Denham about the uh, direct to you event that's coming up on Tuesday. It's uh, two yep. two two twenty two twenty two. A lot of twos. Two, yeah, right. A it's Tuesday uh, for two days, right? So uh, it's the direct to you event from PPAI. It's sort of the virtual expo that they did last year as a replacement for the in person event, and this year they're doing it so that so that people who weren't able to make it to the event still have that experience. And so I, I sort of uh, want to um, give them credit for trying to continue that tradition. Um, I, I think it's very interesting. Um, and, and I think what I wanted to do was you and I've both sort of said, look, we're kind of over the virtual event. If, but yeah. what I've also found is that when really good and interesting virtual events come up, I'm like, eh, maybe I'll go to that one because it's still it's very convenient and things like that. So I have two two questions for you, I guess. Number okay. one, uh, what do you think of the lineup or what do you think of uh, sort of the direct to you event from PPAI? And then maybe from a big, more, more 10,000 foot view is do you think these kind of events will keep going once in-person is back fully? Um, okay, I'm going to answer the second question first, just okay. because I already forgot what the first question is. <laughs> cover that. Um, so, and you'll remind me what that is. So, um, I think overall, yes, virtual events will continue, just because uh, you, you're right. I am over the virtual event. I'm also over filling my gas up or my car up with gas. I'm over a lot <laughs> of things in life. That doesn't mean that I won't do them, and it doesn't mean that there's not a place for them. Right. Um, I think PPAI and Dale and, and the entire team there is very, very smart by making sure that there is a virtual event. At first, I thought it might have been a mistake not to do it concurrently. Mm. I am wrong. I think okay. it's actually very smart to have given it some breathing room. They're going to try to create the expo experience as much as they can in a virtual environment. There's going to be education. I know our education session, which was recorded, is going to be uh, shared. I think you and I have been invited to, to chat uh, ongoing yep. while that's that recording is being shown. I, you know, Dale is uh, unveiling the online 18, which is something he's done for a number of years. You and I have been fortunate enough to, to be on that list several mm -hmm. times. Who knows what this year brings? But I think what they're trying to do is create this environment where the virtual event, you're not missing, you missed out a little bit of Expo, right? If right. you couldn't get out to Vegas, you didn't want to go to Vegas, whatever. Here's something that is partially the experience and as best as we can do in the virtual environment. So number two, your second question. Yes, I think virtual is always here to stay because there's people who just don't like to travel or from a budgetary perspective, it just yeah. doesn't make sense to. Um, and then do I, you, the first question was about the direct to you lineup. I think yeah. I kind of covered that. I think yeah. it's great. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And, and so for the most part, I, I think you and I are on the same page as this. I think that um, them continuing the tradition of doing this is good. It's funny. I, it, you know this, but not everybody does. I didn't attend last year's at all because I was right. on vacation and I was like, you know what, I, I'm going to be on vacation. Um, so this will right. be my first uh, experience with this. 
I think here's my take on the future of virtual events. Mm -hmm. I think if they are a unique and different experience, uh, they will continue. I think the idea of trying to capture an in-person event in the in a similar fashion to like and trying to recreate it in a virtual world, I think doing that this year fine. I, I get it. Moving forward, I think that 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 part's broken. It, going into a trade show booth virtually is not the same. It, it, it's 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 quite frankly not very pleasant. I, I, and so for yeah. either either the supplier or the distributor, so I think right. long term that's going to go away. However, if PPAI puts together a direct to you where it's just speaker after speaker, really interesting. Um, um, table discussions, uh, that sort of thing. I think that's where the future of virtual events really add value that you maybe even better depending on how it's done than an in-person event. Cause it's hard to get to all the things uh, in person. So to me, that's where the future of virtual events are. I think what you're talking about, and I agree with you, I think what you're talking about is evolution. It's got to evolve. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that, that, that close as you can carbon copy makes sense, right? It really yeah. does. And I think this year it does, but I do think there's some evolving aspects of it. Next year, it's got to evolve. I mean, as a species, we have less of an attention span than a goldfish. So we want newer candy, tastier candy, more candy. And so it's got to evolve to be valuable. I've been to virtual events that have been incredibly valuable. I've been to virtual events that have been incredibly valueless. Right. So it's about continual evolvement. And really using an old Paul Bellantone uh, term, using some strategic foresight to understand what your audience is A, tolerant of, mm -hmm. but more important, B, wanting. What do right. they want? And, yeah. and that's a tough thing. And I think, Dale, I think this year, they, they, I, I'm curious to see it. I'm going to be going. I, I'm very curious to see how it's pulled off, but I'm, I'm very bullish on it, quite frankly. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All awesome. Right. All right. Um, I've got a bunch on here, but I'm going to talk about uh, something I found an article on, and, and I thought it was very interesting. This is very just business related. I want to okay. get your take on, I've got a couple questions, but I want to go through this pretty quickly. So it was an article called Building a Business Midlife. Mm, and I okay. thought, okay, that's interesting. And it, it was really, it, it wasn't authored by Seth Godin and Gary Vaynerchuk, but it used their teachings to show how you can build a business midlife. And I'm like, okay, I'm a 52 year old guy. I think you're 46, 47. I don't remember. 48. Mm -hmm. 48. Yep. We're was, midlife, in the, right? Yeah, so, in the neighborhood. Yeah. All right. So here, here are the things. I'm just going to run through these pretty quickly. Number one, this came from Seth Godin. Be one of the few. Identify your smallest visible yes. audience and aim for that group. T couldn't agree more. Yep. So let's, let's just, we agree or disagree as we go through this. Okay. Yeah. I literally gave that advice last week. Who's it for? Totally yep. agree. Yeah, I do too. Number two, this is from Gary Vaynerchuk. Build your community. Use social or a membership platform to reach people who want to hear from you for free. Yeah. That, again, that's step two. So after you've figured absolutely. it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Dig it. Number three, also from Gary V. Think about what your audience wants. Spend less time and effort thinking about your selfish wants and more time concentrating on actual consumer behavior. That's mm. one I think people miss a lot on. And I yeah. loved that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah, I think that, and again, I think if unless you are the customer you're going for, and I think that's how people design their businesses sometimes. Um, oh, yeah. And that's, that, it can work, but it can also be a big mistake because if you need to have someone interested in your organization, your services, your product, other than you. And I think that's sort of what Gary's leaning toward there. 
and the other thing is it has to we're just talking about evolution it's got to evolve your buyers yeah. today are not going to be your buyers two years from now maybe yeah, yeah got to change with that all right number three uh or number four excuse me don't sell yourself short from seth godin low price is the last refuge of someone who has nothing to sell i love yep. that yeah. If you don't value what you're selling, why would anyone else? And I love that. I used to say when in sales training, when I was training salespeople, the first thing bad salespeople do when encountered with any sort of objection is they lower their price. If you do that, you're not a good salesperson. I don't care right. who you are. I don't care well, what situation. You're and in. I think the worst, the worst salespeople, first of all, Seth Godin's quote that I use all the time is the problem with the race to the bottom is you might win. Um, absolutely. Right. Um, but what, what yep. I see in our industry, it's actually before that, like, yep. uh, salespeople will literally lead with an mm -hmm. email that says, I can get you a better price. My good absolutely. Lord, what do you think they're going to do then the rest of your career with them? They're always right. going to, Hey, you're not cheaper. So you suck. And so, yeah, it's I'm, a terrible lead. I'm sure somebody has said this, but if not, I'm claiming it. There is no loyalty in price. Yeah. Never has been, never will be, because there's always someone who's going to sell cheaper. All right, last one, and then a couple of questions for you. A brand isn't a logo, it's a promise, and that's from Seth Godin. Yeah, yeah. Figure out what you're about and who you want to reach before you worry about a logo. It's the most difficult step and the one most people skip. I agree with that. Yeah, totally. And, and, and it's funny. It's something we talk about. And, and you know, this is kind of a, a, a layup, right? Because I read Seth Godin's yeah. blog every single day and I'm a huge Gary yeah. Vaynerchuk fan. So yeah. it, it's not a surprise. I would agree with what they have no. to say. So yeah, that, that's, that's great so, advice. Do you have anything to add or you, you didn't disagree with any, which I didn't think you would, because you and I definitely come from the same mindset of both Seth, Seth Godin and Gary Vee. Do you have anything so but there's no disagreements. Do you have anything to add? Now, yeah. this is where I'm kind of springing it on you. I've no, got it's fine. I have the I first first thing that it. popped into my head is that this yep. is this is and the, the conversation that I had, and I wasn't nearly as eloquent as Seth and Gary in my conversation, but I had a similar conversation with somebody who is 22 years old uh, this week or last week about this. So what I would say is, yes, this is good advice for someone starting a business in midlife. It's also mm -hmm. good advice for someone starting a business at 14. Absolutely. I agree. Okay, so that would so be my takeaway. I'm going to add a couple quick ones and want yep. you to take on these. One, be authentically you because you are the only true differentiator in, yeah. in your marketplace. Yeah. I like and that's that. Also, age doesn't matter there. Yeah. Age does not matter here. Here's one where age does though, um, or experience does is probably a better way to put it. Leverage your experience. Use your short memory. You know that bad times aren't going to last forever, but you also know the good times aren't going to last forever. So you yeah. need to have that even keel. And I think most times, some people are born with that. Most time that comes through experience mm. and having been through hard times. <laughs> it definitely came from experience for me. I, I was Same joking that, that my daughter, Jade, has started a business, right? And so yep. I'm, I'm coaching her and we're going through the Profit First system and all that stuff. And she had a really, really great um, December because of gift cards. And she, to her credit, almost immediately was like, yeah, but what happens in January when everybody's cashing in gift cards and I'm not making any money? And so we, we made adjustments for that. And I said, and that's where you're ahead of the game, Jade, is A, we have a system to help with that. But B, yep. you've thought about that because I would have went and bought a boat <laughs> like if I had a yep. good month. And I think that, that, came, that those hard knocks came from me going, oh, shit, I got to make payroll yeah. next month. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Two more. Love that, by the way. Uh, don't be afraid to try things that are uncomfortable. 
whether that's social media, video, creating content, speaking, educating, don't be afraid to get outside your comfort zone. And then the last one, and this might be the most important one, at least in my mind, Kirby, surround yourself people who, with people who are smarter than you. Now, I put younger because, again, this is focused on midlife, yeah, no, I like but that. surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. I've never understood when people are hiring um, how they don't want that person to be that good. They want to be good, yeah. but not that good. Yeah, it's crazy. I always looked at when anytime I hired anybody, I want them to replace me. I want yeah. them to be smarter than me. I want to learn from them. So it, it allows them to challenge you and allows you to grow. And as you, as a midlife human, I think because I always try to surround myself with people smarter than myself, you, Kelsey, Josh Robbins, I can think mm, of a million yeah. people I surround myself with, uh, Dale Denham, uh, Danny Rosen, you know, Mark Graham, whatever, keep going, keep going, keep going. Because you surround yourself with those people, it keeps me younger. It keeps me focused younger. So I may be 52, but I don't feel it. And I don't think that way. And so I think that's, that's, those are ones I would add. But again, you can't have a 2300 word article. Yeah, no, but I tell you right now that um, when you said smarter than you, of course, but originally, I think you said younger. And I actually really like that. I mean, that's something that I I focus on. Everybody in my organization is younger than me, not just because I'm old, uh, but because like, I really do value Skylar, you know, my daughter brings a totally different perspective on things. And that now I don't always agree with it. And that's fine because my wisdom does matter, but by having that perspective, it really does add value. So I I couldn't agree more on that one. Same same thing here. I mean, you look at my history at promo corner, who did I hire? Brandon Petrich, 15 years younger than me, Kelsey Cunningham, 15 years younger than me, Amelia model, at least 10 years younger than me. Um, uh, Jessica onions, 15 years younger than me. And I learned from all of them. I didn't always agree with everything they did. I didn't always buy into their perspective, but I always learned from them and they kept me thinking very differently. And I'd like to think that that went, that was a two way street rubbed off. So uh, good stuff. All right, Kirby, what's up next? What's up next? We would be, I think it's the term you always use, right? A tone deaf. If we don't, if we, uh, we don't talk about Super Bowl ads, right? Like Super Bowl, 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 Super Bowl. So I, ads. I made, I have a couple, like I, you are always more prepared on this stuff than me. I kind of have my favorite. I have my least favorite. I have a couple others I like. And so I don't, I'm happy to organize this however you want. So I, maybe we start with least favorite and move up. That's fine. I thought, so here's, I thought we would talk about this. So I did the three best from my perspective, the three worst and the one, what the F. Okay. All right. Well, you, you're so going to have you, more than me. Cause I got favorite, least favorite couple. I liked, okay. and then I can pick what the go F ahead. probably you go. Okay. All right. You so, go. okay. I'll go first. Then my, my least yeah. favorite. Yeah. It, and, and I heard other people liked it. And I think that's the, yeah. the nice thing about Super Bowl ads is in many ways, they're both science and art. Right. right. Um, and so my least favorite was Irish spring. The okay. it, the one where the guy comes in the river and it's like this weird cult yeah. and they like, that was creepy. I'm like, I'm never buying Irish spring. <laughs> so that one for me was probably my least favorite. Uh, my, my, what the F to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I don't know whether to call it the team earth or the sales force, like, because okay. I loved the message, but I'm like, what mm-hmm. the hell does this have to do with Salesforce? It was Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. in a hot air balloon. It's saying some pretty cool stuff. I like, I liked what he had to say, but I was like, I really, truly don't understand what this has to do with what Salesforce has to offer. So that was okay. my, okay. Uh, my favorite, my favorite was Coinbase. 
to me, it was by far like, it, well, it was genius for a bunch of different reasons because uh, you oh, talk about the, yeah, the the get different thing. They stood out by not standing out. They, they created a story by not creating a story. But I think one of the things that, God, we, especially in the Super Bowl, we overthink things so much like that Salesforce ad. It's like, we got Matthew McConaughey. We got the message. It's going to be great. What the hell right. are we selling? And Coinbase knew exactly yeah. what they were selling and they gave a call to action to do it. So those are kind of, and I've got some others that I liked, but those were kind of my high okay. lows. Coinbase was my favorite because it was quiet and it did one other thing. So one thing, it was quiet yeah. in, a, in a day that's filled with noise and uh, stimulus and media. Yeah. It was quiet. It reminded me of the old uh, DVD player where the thing was bouncing and you're waiting. Yeah, is it going to hit in the exact corner and all that, which I think was what purposeful. The other thing it did, it did the one thing that no other Super Bowl ad has ever made me do stand up and act yeah. immediately. Immediately. Yeah. I stood up, I walked over closer to the TV, and I scanned it to see what it was. You and 20 so, million other people. Exactly. So, <laughs> That that was my favorite. I had two other that I liked and that I thought were just brilliant. I thought the the Lay's Gold Memories, the buddy movie that never was with Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen was great. I just On my list that. of others that I really liked, yeah. I thought so. And then one other one I really liked. And if you've seen the long form one, it's really great. The Larry David. I knew you'd eh. like that one. Uh, you got to go on YouTube. You got to go on YouTube and look for the long form of it. It was for FTX, another uh, crypto yep. uh, situation. Man, the long form one is really good. But I love Larry David. I, I he knew can do no yeah. wrong in my book. Yeah. So though, I, any, what other ones did you like? There was only one other that kind of popped out. And, it, yeah. and it's someone who I, I historically am not a fan of, but I think that's part of the point is the one right. uh, with the Planet Fitness ad with Lindsay Lohan. Um, because yeah, it, it was, but again, I think the idea of saying, look, if you want to get yourself, your, your shit together and get out of the, the gutter as she mm -hmm. certainly has had, like tie it to our brand. Yeah. I, I kind of got that. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I kind of, that one I dug. Now, again, the, of, of all the ones we just mentioned, that's by far the lowest on my list, but it was right. one that I, I, I did remember right. after the fact. And so. My worst one, sadly, was the Zeus and Hera BMW USA one. Okay. Um, I love myself some Arnold Schwarzenegger and Selma Hayek might be the most beautiful woman on the planet. Yep. I love the premise, but man, the payoff just was not there. And so, yeah. I, you know, you had these star actors, you had a beautiful vehicle, you had a funny premise, but it just didn't pay off for me. It just yeah. didn't pay off. Yeah. That was, that um, wasn't my favorite. Uh, one of the things that did yeah. take away the, the, uh, of that one was the lead yeah. up to it. I thought was interesting yeah. where they showed Zeus sort of in Palm Springs yeah. and then, then they drove people to the long form version of it. I kind of like the yeah. lead up ads better than the actual ads, if that makes sense. Right. No, it makes sense. Um, two of the ones I didn't really like, uh, the Bud Light Seltzer hard soda ad with Guy Fieri, the, the yep. uh, land of loud flavors. And God, they're so not everywhere right now. And I got to tell you, I, I watch a ton of Food Network. Um, and I am predisposed to dislike Guy Fieri, but I actually really do like him just because the way he looks, he's loud, he's kind of obnoxious. But if you read up about him, the guy is a super sweet human being. He gives so much back, but sometimes his brand just rubs me the wrong way. And I don't want to go to Flavortown if everybody's got that haircut and sunglasses. I do not want to visit Flavortown. Yeah, that one didn't bother um, me, but I hear you on that. I hear you. And then the Verizon 5G with Jim Carrey is the cable guy. That was a creepy movie. 
Yeah, I didn't very really enjoy. I didn't yeah. really enjoy the revisiting of him in my living room. Yeah, totally with you on that one. And, and I'm a giant Jim Carrey fan. But yeah, that movie was yeah. not great. Like, and you know, again, especially because, you know, maybe you go back and watch it now. Yeah. It's a little bit like it may be a little bit better because I had such mm-hmm. of the expectations of it being a Jim Carrey movie because it was The Mask yeah. and it was Ace Ventura and it was a bunch of yeah. those silly movies. And then all of a sudden it was that creepy thing that I was like, okay, no. Yeah, that didn't pay off. So any other bad ones you want to mention? Those are all the ones on my list, my friend. So I have one more, just my what the F. Okay. The Uber Don't Eat ad with Gwyneth Paltrow eating a candle of human anatomy. Oh, yeah, that was weird. made me very tense. You're right. That was weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just, I get the joke. It's fine, but it was just, it doesn't make, again, I'm not talking about whether it was a tasteful ad or tasteless ad. I actually don't care about that. To me, when I'm looking at this ad, it is, does it make me think of the brand in a positive way? And does it move me to action? Those are the two things I look for. And the answer is absolutely not and never. So (laughs) ineffective. What the F were you thinking? It was a bad idea. I'm with you on that one, buddy. That's a good one. All All right, right. Kirby. Let's wrap up here with something fun. Okay. Topic. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, Kirby. Tillamook. Are you familiar with Tillamook, uh, the cheese company? Doesn't even okay. sound familiar. Sorry. They, they have a new merch line. Okay. They have a new merch line, uh, courtesy of our pals over at Promo Marketing, Sean nice. Morris and his group there do such a great job. Um, it's a, So Tillamook, if you're not familiar, it's a dairy association best known for cheese products. They have a new line of apparel and merchandise. Um, the one that jumped out to me, Kirby, uh, cargo pants with built-in cheese pockets um, oh, okay. and a removable with, which also has a removable pouch designed to hold blocks of cheddar cheese. This is why I called you the commander of chief cheddar cheese, by the way. <laughs> yeah. um, they also have a purse designed to look like slices of cheese, a can cooler with a little itty bitty pocket to hold a cheese square. Now we've talked about the trend of brands doing these type of things. And I, and we can joke about it and laugh about it and all that. I actually wanted to have a different discussion here. Okay. How can distributors actually drive this with their customers? I have a couple ideas if you want me to start off and then maybe you could fill in gaps if I miss something or do you have any ideas? Yeah, go, you, you, you lead the way. I want to hear, I want to hear what you had to say. So, you know, we talk about these things and it's like, well, how did Tillamook or how does Arby's or whatever, I really just... I spent the most time preparing for this podcast, actually thinking about this specific section right here. All right. How do we help our listeners actually do this? Because I think you can do this with almost every client. I really do. So you, first of all, you need to come up with the idea, but, but leverage virtuals. You can leverage virtual samples to show them what's possible, right? You can create a themed drop for them virtually. Okay. We're going to do a limited run of these things and create scarcity before there's even a demand, right? right? You create, do limited choice and then you, you create you create the virtuals, but then print on demand. You do not have to have any inventory here. So all you need, Mr. or Ms. Distributor, is look at your client base. Come up, look at the brands, which ones are fun, which ones are cheeky, which ones have a, a following, Maybe right. not a fanatical cheese following, but have a following where a, a, a drop that you would make sense for them. And you can come up with some ideas and I guarantee you suppliers would love to do this stuff for you. Yeah, for sure. For That's sure. What so, I came up with. Okay. So I've got, I've got a new five-step process to follow. <laughs> I was right. listening sort of. 
<laughs> so, okay. Sort so, of. okay. So in the, and I'm basing my five-step process on something that uh, my salesperson, Jeff, uh, recently yeah. did. Uh, came out of the the common skew uh, presentations with uh-huh. uh, ja- um, uh, Bobby Lehue and, and Jeremy Picker. And so yep. step one, start the conversation. Okay. And yep, so absolutely. step one is, and so what he did is he explained, look, we've, we can do a left chest logo, but here are some mm-hmm. things that other people are doing. Absolutely. He used screenshots of the Crocs uh, from Kentucky Fridays. Like how can right. we do something that actually becomes, a, and, and then <clears throat> step two, right. ask for permission, right? Here's the concept yep. Is it okay if I send you creative, crazy ideas for you to consider? Yep. He got permission. Step three, partner Mm -hmm. with suppliers, which is what you just said. Like go to them and let them, like, especially obviously the more creative suppliers, the folks who do this all the time, because we have in-house folks who can do that. But the the danger of that is that you get outside of what suppliers are actually able to produce. And then it's Mm -hmm. a problem, right? Then it becomes, whereas if the supplier does it, they're going to do it within the bounds of what they do. Send to right. the clients a step four, and then step five is stand out. And I, what I say about that is this may or may not go to create business, but what it will do yeah. is make you differentiate, even if they're like, no, nah, that's too crazy. We can't do that. But the next time they need something creative that you're going to come to mind. So I, I love that. And I, I love the fact that I didn't realize Jeff had done that. So I obviously gave you a leg up. That's, yeah, awesome. sure. that's really good. I love that. One of the things that you said reminded me, and I think the basis of all this, and it's really, I don't think it's sales 101, but gosh, darn it, it should be. We're taught when we're selling that if someone says yes, you run with it. I've said yeah, they said yes, run with it. I really think it's so important, especially in our industry. If someone says, I want this, you show them what they're asking for, whether it's a shirt, a can cooler, whatever it is, you show them that and you say, here are some other things though that might be more effective still within your budget range. When you start thinking like that, you burn some calories, you're showing them, I care. You're not telling them because everybody tells them they care. Yeah, You're showing them. And by doing your process and partnering with somebody and spending some of your mental energy thinking about what would I do if I were the brand manager of this company? You can come up with some creative stuff. So I just, that's a fun little topic, um, but hopefully it. a little little help there. And you know who else can help you, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Thank you so much for not asking. <laughs> That'd be our good pals over at Shapenko. That's right. Clients are not just asking for, they're clamoring for eco-friendly, cost-effective totally merchandise. Right. And no one can help you more than our good pals over at Shapenko right here in Middle Tennessee. Uh, the best place to live anywhere in middle Tennessee. Um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so they have some really great products. They have the revamp pen made from 100% uh, recycled PET plastics, the Encore pencil made from recycled denim and currency, the Arcus rainbow pencil, which I am holding in my hand and I've been using all show. Uh, and the, the uh, news pencil are both made from 100% recycled post-consumer newspaper comment, uh, uh, post-consumer newspaper. Even their packaging is 50% post-consumer materials. They walk the walk. They already talked the talk, but they truly walk the walk. And they'd love to partner with you on Earth Day projects as that's coming up on Friday, April the 22nd. So email our good pal, Alex, over at Shapenko. Alex, um, he is email address is alex at shapenko.com. How convenient is that? So super easy. He's going to help you out. He'll create some amazing virtuals. He'll ship you out some samples and you can see and touch and show and feel the quality of these fabulous writing instruments that I'm pointing directly at you. 
Kirby, it's been a fabulous podcast. Uh, I hope. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's for us to decide, but yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> um, but uh, enjoy the conversation and we'll see you next week. See ya.